This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilts Couture, information technology expert of Newport Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Computer Doctors and Phone Surgeons in Hattiesburg. Today, we're discussing technology and how we use it to communicate. Everything from online conferencing and Skype to Google Hangouts and FaceTime. We'll also discuss mobile learning and how more and more people are making use of technology for learning purposes. Stay tuned because today it's all about mobile communication. You can give us a call this morning at one eight seven seven mpb ring to ask any tech question. That's one 672 7464 Or you can email us at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo here today with Wilt Couture, information technology expert at Newcore Steel in Jackson and Flowood, and IT instructor at Holmes Community College, and Jeremy Thompson, owner of Community computer doctors and phone surgeons in Hattiesburg. Now, today we're talking technology and how we use it to communicate from online conferencing, FaceTime to YouTube and mobile learning. Is it all good or is it just for business? All right. Now, over the years, technology has drastically changed the way people communicate with cell phones, email and Internet topping the list of preferred communication methods It seems like more and more businesses and educational institutions are using technology to communicate. Well, let's bring on the fellas. Good morning, Wilts and Jeremy. How are you doing? Hey, wonderful. How are you doing this morning, Michelle? I'm doing great. Good to hear your voice again. Yes. (laughs) Let me ask you a question. Let's start off with Wilts. What happened this weekend? Any new tech news, any new inventions or anything out there we need to know about? Ah, well, not too much of that kind of. I've just been, uh, you know, speaking of using the uh, the internet and everything as far as for education. I was just wrapping up some finals myself back in school, so most of, most of my weekend was spent doing final exams. Wow! So you know firsthand how uh, technology has helped you in school, and you teach as well, uh, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's definitely it's bridged a lot of gaps. It makes it a lot easier, especially for us more non traditional learners. You know, the folks who have a have a full-time day-to-day, and, you know, how can we get our education time in still? So it's it's really helped to bridge that gap. Exactly. And, Jeremy, any new things in the tech world going on? Uh, yeah, uh, before uh, before I get to that, um, earlier you called me the commuter doctor, and I kind of feel <laughs> like that this week. I have been all over the place. I've been all the way up to Laurel to fix printers and done a lot of house calls this week. So, uh, yeah, I do feel like the commuter doctor. Um in addition to that, uh, I recently got a Nest thermostat. That's a smart thermostat, and um, I haven't seen any change in my bill yet, but I really do like having a smart thermostat. I've got it hooked up to my uh, my Echo, and so I can tell her to tell Nest to set the temperature to 74, and just before the words get, it feels like before the words get out of my mouth, boom, the AC pops on, and 
everything is cooling off. So, uh, yeah, that's been really cool. Um, another thing, uh, people that listen, uh, they know that I'm a gamer and, uh, recently destiny two, uh, got released as a beta and I got to play it and I'm very excited to uh, play the full version in a couple of months. Now, if we can just get you to come over onto the Xbox and I can get on in there with you and uh, <laughs> show you how what the old school gamers can do it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Maybe one day. And, and Jeremy, you were talking about gaming and things. I know you talk about that. You do a lot of that in the gaming world. We're going to get into that a little bit later. But today we are discussing technology and how we use it to communicate. Like I said, from online conf- conferencing to FaceTime and YouTube. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. And online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online for your tech questions. Okay, fellas. Now we're going to jump right on in. Let me ask you a question. What are some available conferencing meeting programs out there? Well, one of the first ones that really comes to mind, one that I use a pretty good bit, especially with uh, with my kids, has been FaceTime. Um, some folks may recall, I mean, I use an iPhone, and FaceTime is built into it. And this, this tool has really come in handy. Like, you know, my daughter will shoot me homework questions, and it's so much easier when you add that face-to-face technology. You know, hey, I'm not very good at, you know, I'm very much a visual person, so being mm-hmm. able to see her expressions, being able to see the homework she's actually working on and to be able to walk her through that has been great. You know, another thing that comes in handy is just like right now, I mean, I'm actually joining the show from Indianapolis. I'm up here for a business meeting, and being able to have that video to connect back with at home with family and, you know, tell them good night instead of it just being an impersonal text. I mean, that video is really added to it. Right. And, and Jeremy, we were talking about FaceTime earlier and how most of the kids nowadays, they don't call the way we used to back in the day. Everything is FaceTime. I personally, I don't know if I really like FaceTime because I have my rollers in my head and my nightgown on and I don't want anyone to see that. I, I want to talk to you like the old fashioned, the old, like the old fashioned people. What do you think about uh, FaceTime, Jeremy? I'm kind of the same way. I don't really use video chatting a lot because I don't need to see your face <laughs> when I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. But it is useful for um, uh, being out in the field or if my wife is like, oh, the wireless at the house isn't working. Okay, well, uh, get on FaceTime and show me, you know, what everything looks like, and I'll see if I can figure it out via video chat uh, whether or not the problem can be resolved without me having to come there. So it does have its uses, but I would say overall – for the average phone call, it's unnecessary. Right. And, and I like what you were saying. So we have FaceTime, we have Skype, and Google Hangouts. Now, I, like I said, I must be old, but Google Hangouts, what, what is that? So Google Hangouts is the FaceTime equivalent built by Google. Um, it was kind of tied into their Google Chat program that they built many years back, and now it's all just kind of like meshed in there together. So Google Hangouts is going to be on pretty much all of your Android phones, and it's just how uh, Android users, uh, well, basically FaceTime with one another. Oh, okay. And Skype. Now, I've had an interview um, with a person, three-panel person, and then one person was actually Skyped in. It was interesting, but uh, they're using that a lot for interview styles. Wilts, we were talking about that earlier, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, out there at Nucor, we've used, you know, utilized Skype a pretty good bit for being able to interview folks. I mean, you know, we end up talking to people all over, all over the nation, possibly looking for things. So, so the Skype has really come in handy. I mean, even going beyond that, we're even seeing now 
where uh, the news media, the media is using it. I've seen, you know, newscasts where I've seen people, you know, now joining us via Skype. I've heard it on NPR. I've seen it with some of the, uh, you know, White House press briefings and things. So, so utilizing that particular service, which, which again is free, has really kind of just given some people some more options to be able to join on up and maybe not have to uh, hop in the car as much or hop on an airplane and go through that expense just, you know, for a short meeting. Right. And you were talking about free. So you said free. I know you mentioned free. So the paid ones, what are some of the paid type of um, conferencing um, programs? Well, first one that comes to mind for me would be the uh, like WebEx, is owned by Cisco, is generally a paid service. They do have a free option. That's generally for three, three or two people to meet. But really, what you gain when you get into these these paid programs, and it tends to lend itself a little bit more toward business, and that is the ability to bring dozens or even sometimes hundreds of people together. Uh, case in point, we run a, a monthly IT call, and we have somewhere between a you know, 75 to 100 people who join, and we all join via WebEx, and and that allows us to you know share our screens and share other other aspects. But yeah, really, the pay is when you're needing more people coming into play. Okay, and and Jeremy, let me ask you a question: With the WebEx and the GoTo meetings, do you have a lot of technical issues? Do you handle that? A lot of businesses they have problems with that. Um, actually, I've never really used either of those softwares. Uh, as far as people communicating with me, they just usually send me a text, um, and I collaborate with them either over the phone or I remotely connect to their computer uh, to resolve the issue. Um, we don't really have anything on this particular show about remote support, but I'd say it kind of ropes into the same uh, same spectrum here. Uh, because what it does is it allows us to take over a person's computer like we were sitting in front of it, even though we're at our office. So yes. for me, that's that's what's more convenient for me. And, and speaking of that, I enjoy that thoroughly. Working with uh, my older physicians, I've needed the tech online here in my office, but they're not they can't come to my office. So the capability of them logging in my computer and seeing exactly what I can't do. I love it because it's like they take over the mouse. And they do what they need to do, fix what they need to fix, and they're in another country. So it's wonderful. Oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, uh, just over the weekend, Wilt sent me a friend of his that was having a problem with their Mac. And uh, we were in a group chat on Facebook, and I felt very nostalgic because I haven't tried to troubleshoot anything with anyone over a chat in quite some time. But eventually it got too complicated, and I had to remote in and fix the issue, which I can say now is fixed. And she's happy, Wilt. No doubt should be happy. I know. And and it's so funny, like you were saying, uh, Wilt, uh, about the FaceTime. And sometimes you text and you say things, but when you see your wife's face, it makes it all better. If she can see yours, she makes it makes it all better. If they can Aww. see that expression on your face instead of just a blank text, right? Exactly, yeah. They, uh, the sarcasm can come through a little bit better visually. <laughs> exactly. Well, when we come back from break, we'll continue with Wilt and Jeremy as they help answer your tech questions. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Or online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. An evening of jazz can be just what the doctor ordered. Join me, 
Meredith Michelle with WJSU's Evening Jazz. 7 to 10 weeknights on MPB Music Radio. As an MPB listener, you probably know of Radio Reading Service, our free closed-circuit network for the print impaired. But did you know that means Radio Reading Service isn't only for the visually impaired and that MPB provides the special receiver you need for the service? Call 601-432-6301 to see if you qualify for MPB's Radio Reading Service. 601-432-6301. There's so much more to know. You're listening to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. To call the show, dial 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. You're listening to Everyday Tech. I'm Michelle McAdoo with Wilts and Jeremy. We're taking your communication tech questions at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464 and online at Everyday Tech at MPB Online. Now, let's go to the phone lines, fellas. We have Gail from Winona. Hi, Gail. How are you doing? Hi. Okay. Uh, my question has to do with uh, closing accounts online. Um, I have a Facebook account and on a LinkedIn account. And um, uh, my daughter told me that uh, she got a notice that I had recently updated my LinkedIn account. Well, it turns out there are two in my name. And she said, well, Mom, somebody has compromised your account. And I got the same notice the other day on Facebook. I, I have not updated my account on Facebook since I got it five years ago. So I really want to close these two accounts, and then later, if I want to, you know, reopen. How can you close uh, a Facebook and LinkedIn account? Ooh, that's a that's a very good question. Let's see here. Um, there's definitely going to be uh, some involvement with Facebook and LinkedIn here. You're probably going to have to let them know, seeing as how you don't have any of the login information to go into those accounts and shut them down. Uh, so if I'm to understand correctly, like you, you believe that someone has stolen your identity on LinkedIn and Facebook, that's correct? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, what you need to do uh, as far as Facebook goes is um, report an imposter account. And when you go to that page, you need to say that uh, someone created an account pretending to be me or a friend. And they'll get more information from you, and then you can go through and get that account shut down. Um, LinkedIn is probably similar. Uh, Wilt, do you uh, do you have anything on LinkedIn there? Actually, LinkedIn is pretty much similar. It and and it's not really an uncommon phenomenon now. A lot of people are getting their accounts duplicated. Uh, people pretending to be them. It's something that I I see in my news feeds quite a bit. It's like, oh, you know, all of a sudden there's two or three or four of the same person, exactly like Jeremy said. You can pretty much report them, and, and Facebook and the LinkedIn's will generally shut those down. Um, the one Here thing, we go. You can, okay. yeah, you can totally deactivate your account. Uh, your problem with that is, as far as for coming back and reinstating it later, um, once you deactivate it, it's going to be gone, so you're going to have to just create a new one down the road. I believe there is an option, and I can't quite see it from where I'm at right now, but I believe there is an option just to take it Take it offline as far as with Facebook. I'm not sure. Are you able to see something there on, on uh, LinkedIn, Jeremy? 
Yeah, uh, regarding uh, LinkedIn, if you go in, you can report a fake profile. You would click the more icon on that member's profile and then click report or block and then give it a little bit more info on the situation and then they should take care of it from there. This is a common problem that people come on up with. So, And, and this the same thing would also go, folks, for like your Instagrams and, and some of these other things. These are an unfortunate common occurrence nowadays in social media. So pretty much any one of those providers is going to give you a very similar option. Just go into their help area um, and those should pop up for you. All right, guys, let me ask you a question concerning that. How can we prevent that from happening? Is there any way that someone can prevent those things from happening? Uh, well, honestly, if somebody takes your picture and slaps a different email on it, there's really not much you could do to prevent that. Okay. Um, I, I would say uh, the best thing you could do would just be go in and report the uh, the account and also contact people that you know and let them know that your account has been compromised or that there's a duplicate profile. Mm-hmm. Um Regarding the Facebook deactivation, if you go into your settings and you go to your general account settings, you can go to the very bottom where it says manage your account, you will get the option to deactivate your account. Now, it does take some time to do through Facebook. I, use, I think it usually takes a couple of weeks for them to actually get it completely shut down. But then after that, it will be completely deactivated. Well, Gail, thank you for calling in, and I hope that answered your question. And I hope you get that resolved. I wouldn't want anyone to hack my accounts. Uh, thanks Actually, for I got that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got that wrong, Michelle. Um, mm-hmm. There is a uh, there's a deactivation which doesn't delete the account; it just shuts it down until you're ready to reactivate it. There is also an account deletion which will delete it. That's the one that takes a little bit longer. Okay, so one is deactivating it, not deleting it, and the other is deleting it completely and starting all over. Correct. Okay, all right. Well, thanks for calling in, Gail. Uh, let me ask you a question, fellas. Before the break, we were talking about conferencing um, programs. So what can people do with these programs? It's so many out there, but, you know, we talked earlier about being in the military, if you're in Iraq or just another country, being able to connect with your family and friends that way, students working. Uh, if you're working out of state like uh, Wilts, you travel a lot. How does uh, how can people use these programs? It can go, you know, in so many different directions. A lot of it comes down to to what you're looking for. I mean, you know, you mentioned one of the one of the ones that's kind of near and dear to my heart is being able to connect our military back and allowing you know those women and men that are overseas to be able to come back to their families and and get that 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 visual advantage because you know, like we all know, there's 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 a loss of um, no personality, a loss of intimacy, really, when it's just you know in a in a quick I am. I mean, thank God mm-hmm. for for emoticons sometimes so you can at least put a smiley face there so people know you're joking around. Right. But, but that ability of, of linking that together, you know, we're coming up on uh, kids getting back, you know, going to school. Right. We have some, some kids going off to college. And, you know, um, you know, as a as a parent of a 14-year-old and a 16-year-old, I mean, we're already kind of thinking about that, oh, my gosh, my baby's going to be away. Mama's freaking out. How can you actually connect? Say, no, look, Mom, here, I'm okay. And you can smile and laugh and Exactly. You know, really, and we yeah, can see the we can see the room and, and we can see who's in the room. It like turn around, turn turn, let me see your entire room. Are you by yourself? <laughs> Is your roommate uh-huh. in there? So it kinda gets well, you need to pick those clothes up. <laughs> exactly. It helps parents, you know, keep an eye on their kids when they're away, like you said, at college and things like that. And speaking of college, we were talking about um the Skype and the YouTube colleges and I'm in school, I'm a grad student as well. They are using lectures, putting lectures on YouTube now. And we talk oh, about that, that a lot. It's It was new for me because I'm used to, you know, the old school <laughs> 1990s where you have the 
professor in front of you, and they go on for hours and hours and hours. But now you can go online, link up, listen to the um, lecture. I kind of like it because you can stop it, rewind it. If you didn't get something, you can go back. It kind of helps a little better. What do you guys think about that? I think uh, YouTube is pretty great for uh, teaching and, and different things like that. I also think that it sends me quite a bit of business because there's a lot of people out there that will put a picture on iPhone video on YouTube, and then we'll have our budding uh, repair people uh, try to replace their screen, and they end up uh, messing some things up. So YouTube is great. Uh, it, it does take away that ability to ask questions, which mm-hmm. is definitely really important when you're disassembling an iPhone or anything else. But as far as college courses go, I, I think it's great. Will, do you have any uh, online classes or anything like that that use YouTube? Well, actually, all of my classes have used YouTube in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Usually it's, uh, you know, maybe to explain a, a concept. I'm in accounting classes, so sometimes, you know, talking about some of those concepts, it really helps to get that visual. Uh, I even see my kids have used it before. Maybe the teacher explains something during the day. They get home, they're doing their homework. They're like, oh, what was that? Or maybe you need to explain them in a different way. So it helps. Um, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you you bring up a great point too, though, and and that is with so much information coming up at our fingertips out there, people need to kind of like remember, uh, kind of like I used to say, stay in your own lane. <laughs> I mean, I've looked at some tutorials on YouTube and going, you know, that looks cool, but I have no earthly idea what I'm doing. So I, I would not want to trust a YouTube video to rebuild my transmission, for example. Right, right. And um, you want to be yeah. careful out there. Yeah, because sometimes free advice is worth about what you pay for it. Um, and, and, and But that's not to take away from what you can learn. And, and at the bare minimum, at least become a more informed consumer. You know, maybe uh, you look out there, you're talking about an iPhone replacement. You know, I'm not comfortable doing an iPhone replacement. Last time I needed an iPhone screen replaced, what did I do? I bring it on air, and I went to a professional. I went to the computer doctor. <laughs> he hooked me up. Uh, exactly. I could watch a video on it, but I knew I didn't have the right tools. And, you know, but at least I could become educated on the process. So right, you talk about that. So don't simply just trust the video. And, and about experts, we got to make a disclaimer. These are not experts on YouTube all the time. They're someone that's used it or kind of say, well, here, got trying to share information, but you have to be careful because, like you said, you're working on your car, your carburetor, your transmission, and you want to make sure that video is reputable, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, one thing that I thought about uh, was uh, when I was studying for my drone pilot's license, there were some very useful videos that I found on YouTube to explain to me, you know, how to look at airspace and how to calculate this and that, and figure out where I could fly my drone and where I'd have to have permission and so forth. And if I didn't have those videos, I might not have my drone pilot. Oh, my. Well, you know, like I said, it's good and bad and everything. And speaking of that, I wanted to segue into the bad just for a minute because I am a parent and I have a 13 year old and Wilts, you and I, uh, we can, you know, agree on this. YouTube is good, but it's so vast. There's so many things out there. So how do we, you know, curtail what our kids can see and what they can't see? Because they can search anything on YouTube. So how do we do that as parents? Well, there are some educational options, for example. You can actually, you can limit some of what your kids do get to to see on YouTube. Because like you said, the, you know, every advantage that the Internet has comes with a disadvantage. Like anything, anything in excess can be negative. So you may come across content out there that is, I guess we could say, not exactly wholesome and we may not want our kids partaking in it. You can actually set up accounts. And if you would actually just look on YouTube, there are parental settings that you can set up that can dictate, like, hey, you know, take away some of that more adult or mature rated things. 
As a matter of fact, it sounds like it's going to be a great idea for a uh, for a blog post to put on out there to how to do that. But it is something that's with technology comes the ability of parents to actually, you know, interject themselves and make the appropriate restrictions as you know as you see fit for your children. And I've been trying to do that, and for some reason, she'll figure out a way to get through the firewall because <laughs> these kids. Oh no, they they good at figuring out. But hey, you know you. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's the same thing we did when we were kids, though. You know, parents would sit there and set a rule, and we, we figure out where, where's that limit at? How far can we stretch this rubber band a little? So, guys, let me ask you a question. Another question: Do you think that uh, it's going to get better? Do you think they're going to come up with new ideas for um, mobile communications? Anything new coming out? I'm looking forward to those holographic video chats. <laughs> wow, and we're talking yeah. about that's way in the future, right? Uh, Maybe who not. knows at this point? Things move so fast. It, it, there's, it, it could be next year for all we know. Apple might be putting it on the 10th anniversary iPhone. Wow. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's just, uh, yeah, there's always, I, I think it's going to continue to grow. I think there's going to continue to be challenges. I think this kind of goes back to, you know, one of the reasons why me and Jeremy have always been such proponents of net neutrality, and that is just to allow that growth, mm-hmm. to allow the inventiveness of people out there like you said there's a there's a ton of people out there that are very creative that are very talented and making sure that we give them that environment to grow into it while while recognizing it for what it is and you know take everything with a grain of salt but but giving them that opportunity is what's going to actually allow those things to happen exactly well when we come back from break there's still time for you to chime in our conversation or get help with communication tech questions give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. if you miss part of our show or want to hear past episodes you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everyday tech this is everyday tech on mpb think radio Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. Today on Everyday Tech, we've been discussing technology and how we use it to communicate. Now there's still time to reach us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven. 672-7464 and online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So, fellas, let me ask you a question. We were talking about online classes. I noticed that Jackson State and I'm sure a lot of other co- um, colleges around the country, they have satellite classes. And this allows stu- people that live in, just say, Olive Branch, Mississippi, to actually go to class. I was in a face-to-face class, and we'll have a big screen television in our classroom and we can see the students in another city and they're having class and our teachers talking to us and they can chime in and talk to the teacher and just I love that aspect that's interesting what do you guys think about that 
Oh, I mean, I think that's, you know, j- just imagine this. Imagine you're taking a French or a Spanish class, and you could digitally link your class to another classroom in France or Spain. And just to get that interaction, I've heard of those things going on as well. And just it really opens up the door and makes us realize that, you know, just about anybody in the world is simply a click away. Right. We're all connected. And, you know, when you think about back in the day when the phone first started and telegraph and all that stuff, see how different and, and how vast the communication world has become. It's connected us. We are, we're all connected. And speaking of connections, we're going to go to our phone lines and get connected with Lavelle from Louisville. <laughs> Lavelle, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for calling in. What's your question today? Okay, I, I use the GPS uh, app that has a countdown feature. And I would like to, sometimes the countdown feature takes up to an hour for it to completely count down. So I have to wait, it, wait there with the uh, phone. So I would like to know, is it any type of uh, app that I can use to monitor one of my phones from another one of my phones so I won't have to wait there for an hour? I can go about my business while I leave the uh, countdown phone in the location. Well, I'm thinking if you want to remote access into another phone, now I have used a little, well, it's a free and a paid program, but free for personal use program called TeamViewer, and that will actually allow me to remote in and look at um, – at mobile phones, but I do believe that it does just random screenshots, not exactly live feed. And the reason a lot of those programs would end up doing that is because, you know, people's cellular data may or may not be robust enough for a constant live feed. But that may be one solution you could look at. Jeremy, have you seen some more out there, man? Man, that's a that's a tricky one right there. I'm still trying to figure out what, what this is. you said it was the UPS app and you, you have to count down no, 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 no. I said it's, it's a GPS app. So oh, a for, GPS app. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. So, so if if I leave out of the area with the uh, cell phone, it has stopped the countdown as far as the, the the area for the for the countdown. So that's what I was saying. Something I can remotely look at, basically. Right. Okay. Um, remote support on phones like that is still uh, pretty new. So uh, other than the TeamViewer app, I wouldn't know of anything else that you could do that would give you like 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 remote support on a computer where you're actively seeing things move in front of you. Okay, uh, okay. We're close there, but, but we're not quite there yet. All right, too, too far in the future. <laughs> yeah, right. not too far. It won't be too long. All right. Yeah, and, and you know, when, while we're mentioning TeamViewer, you know, kind of going back to something you were you were mentioning before, and uh, by the way, yes, my friend was very, very happy um, with you helping her on out. But TeamViewer is also personally the program that I use. You know, say, for example, I'm up here and or even down the street at work, and my wife or my kids have a question. No matter what their operating system is, if it's a Mac or if it's a Windows or if it's an Android or if it's an iPhone, uh, TeamViewer has pretty much a client. If you're using it for personal use, it's totally free, and I'm able to actually remote in. It also comes really in handy for helping to troubleshoot problems my mother-in-law has. Uh, everybody knows you got to keep your mother-in-law happy, especially one like I have that cooks for me so well. So, <laughs> so that made you guys get closer and communicate yeah, yeah, better. She's from New Orleans. I can't complain. Oh, no, you can. you got to keep her happy. <laughs> keep her happy. All right, guys, let me ask you another question. Um, this is a personal question. We're, the lady um, called earlier about the Facebook issue. My Facebook page has exceeded my limit of uh, friends. I don't know. I'm not an avid Facebooker. I mostly do Instagram. So what can I do about that? Do I call Facebook or someone said I have to delete uh, friends? Is that true? Well, you um, you're running into the same problem. I know quite a while back, another uh, MPB host, Marshall Ramsey, ran into the same <laughs> issue. 
on Facebook on a personal account, they pretty much time you out at 5,000. So oh. if you're going to have more than see, and you're just so popular, Michelle, <laughs> we all love you and we're flocking to you. Not really. I, I just, I, I asked someone this morning, I mean, is it, is there, how do you defriend? I don't want to, you know, make anyone upset or offend anyone. <laughs> how do I do that cordially? Do I send them a message before and say, this is why I'm about to do this? Well, actually, I usually find that just, you know, post, posting your opinion sometimes can get people to actually defriend themselves. Uh, sometimes. <laughs> but what you actually need to do is set up, you can set up a professional page. Oh. Um, and once you, once you, you know, if you set up a page, let's just say that, um, you know, your, your professional page. I mean, I know you, you have, uh, like all of us, you know, all of us have different irons in the fire. Mm-hmm. You set up that, 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 you know, it's a public personality or whatever they would call it. Okay. You set that up, and then what I would do is almost put a post on your personal Facebook page that says something like, hey, folks, no offense. I'm kind of running, you know, running up against the limits here. I know I know a lot of y'all professionally. I know a lot of y'all personally. I've set up this new page, and you would include the link. This is where all my professional XYZs are going to go to. Um, so over the next few weeks, I may be, ha- you know, removing some of y'all and would definitely encourage y'all to please join me over there. I know we can always go through our Facebook list and say, okay, I know that person. I know that person. Mm-hmm. How do I know that person? Yeah, because I mean, Facebook is a great, a, a great tool. Any social media is a great tool for us to professionally, you know, expand our, our circle of influence, basically. I mean, you know, some people know, I mean, I've written a couple of books. I, I use Facebook a lot for advertising that, um, we use Facebook a lot to try to, you know, drive some folks to everyday tech because, I mean, this is the best radio show you could be listening to. It, it is. <laughs> it yeah. is. And it's all due to you and Wilts. Wilts and Jeremy, we love you guys. You guys have so much uh, information to share with the world. And speaking of the world, we have Frank from Jackson on the line. Uh, Frank, we're going to bring him in on this conversation. Frank, how you doing this morning? Good morning. Good morning. You guys, just a comment. You guys kind of scratch the pet peeve of mine <laughs> or the parental controls. Uh, the best parental control is the parent. And parents have forgotten or have never learned or have never been parented. I'll tell you a little story. If you got a kid with electronic stuff that they want to use it, that is your best tool to discipline and train that child. I coached the baseball team. We had a doubleheader one Saturday. We only had seven players. Well, we could play with seven, but my star player decided he didn't want to play third base. So I told the umpire, we only have six players. Umpire counted and said, well, you have seven. I said, no, he's not playing. Never had a bit of trouble out of that entire team for two years. So if you got a kid who wants to do something, and they are disobeying, use that as a tool, as a carrot, as well as a stick, to parent them. Do not rely on the switch, a button, or any kind of software. Be a parent. Don't be their friend. Don't become their enemy. But be a parent. Thank you so much. Thank you, Frank. I agree with well, that. Frank, I, um, yeah, I mean, you, you bring up a great point, Frank, and that is, is that we can't allow these electronic devices to become the parent. Right. You know, we can we can sit there on this show and we can tell you a lot of tools that you can use with these devices as far as for managing your child's, you know, experiences with them. But but the common denominator and all that is you still have to be the parent. It doesn't release your, you know, account your accountability to your child. You still have to actually have that in there. I mean, I can't just sit there and make a setting on my kid's iPhone and say, okay, you're good, go do whatever you're going to do. <laughs> 
I've got to still keep on reinforcing that and still be the parent in that relationship. So I really appreciate you there, Frank. Except for, uh, he said, don't rely on a switch. <laughs> I say definitely rely on a switch, the kill switch for your Internet, because when that wireless goes off, what can they browse? What can they look at? And, so, and, and as a parent, I know that if you do shut down the Internet, it's like sending them to their room back in the day or if they're uh-huh. t- taking the car away because they live in that Internet world. So what's wrong with the Internet? Or if it's stormy or rainy or something happened with oh, yeah. <laughs> they're going well, the, losing their minds. Yeah, one of the best memes I think I ever saw was some uh, uh, a mom had put up. Uh, in the kitchen, it says, okay, here is your chores, you know, uh, vacuum, do the dishes, put up the laundry, and once these are complete, come save me for the Wi-Fi password. Exactly. I think I saw that, that one, great. too. But, you know, speaking of that, that, and it gives me a question to ask, how has parenting changed because of technology? That sounds like a great show, but a show idea, but seriously, parenting has like changed because technology has changed. Not to say, now I know we're probably going to get a lot of calls about this, not to say we need to, uh, your morals and values are in within your household, but 1953 or 1960 and 1970 is totally different from 2017. And I have a teenager, so the way I have to parent uh, or the things I have to deal with and she has to deal with is different than what they dealt with in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. So I'm thinking a parenting class for 2017 would work for me because it's different things I have to deal with. What do you guys think about that? Well, there's definitely definitely a lot of awareness that needs to go on. I think what ends up happening a lot as as a parent these days is, I, and I hear this, people will use this excuse a lot, and, and, and it really is an excuse if we think about it, and that is, oh, well, you know, I didn't grow up with all this technology. Well, you know, that's a cop-out answer. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't grow up with all this technology, but like we've mentioned on this show, there's a lot of ways to learn about it. And, and you know, my number one job, I mean, hey, I love working at Newcore. I love teaching at Homes. I absolutely love being on this show. But at the end of the day, my a number one job is, is my son and my daughter. Right. And so I'm going to invest the time, and I'm going to follow the YouTube channels, and I'm going to read on up, because even though I do consider myself fairly digitally aware, um, it, it changes every day. It does. It, it does not – Education does not stop. I think all, all of us know that. I mean, you're never not learning something. Exactly. And, you know, fellas, talking about education, we were talking about this yesterday, how you have a lot of adult students going back to school, going back to school, I mean, in their 50s and even older than that, and talking about not being aware. They never had to deal with Blackboard, and, and they wanted to go to class, have a teacher in front of them, and tell them, you know, go on the Blackboard and write with a chalk. That's what they thought they were getting into. But you go back to college nowadays, you have to know, you have to have some computer savvy about yourself. Um, do you think they need to have an orientation training class for adult students, older people? people going back to school to train them and teach them if they really don't know how to navigate the basic blackboards on these school sites and college sites? Uh, Absolutely. In fact, um, I teach a lot of adults uh, how to use computers. Um, I teach over at the Christian Men and Women's Job Corps when when time allots. And I tell them, look, if you can get the fundamentals in this class, you will know more than most people out there who use computers every day. Because what I've noticed is people, they develop this comfort zone. They, they, you know, they, they use the computer a little bit. They know how to do a little bit. Uh, they pray that they can find their files. And other than that, they don't really expand outside of that. And so I like having this 
class because I can I can get people more comfortable with the machine, letting them know, look, you can't hit a wrong button on this thing and kill it. They don't work that any, that way anymore. You can't type in commands and destroy them. They don't work <laughs> that way anymore. So getting people to overcome that fear of technology is really the biggest issue. And once they realize, hey, I can touch this and I'm not going to destroy it, then they're more confident in their abilities and they pick it up quicker. Yeah. Yes, I think that uh, basic computer knowledge is essential for everyone nowadays, especially if you're enrolling in some form of higher education. Right, that uh, technology gap, that generation gap that's there. Okay, so look, when we come back, there's still time for you to chime in our conversation. We're talking about technology generation gaps. We're talking about going back to school, using YouTube and FaceTime for everything and in between. So if you want to chime in on our conversation, Please give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Now, if you missed part of this show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org slash everydaytech. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. Today on Everyday Tech, we're discussing technology and how we use it to communicate. There's still time for you to chime in our conversation at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 And online at everydaytech at mpbonline.org. So let me ask, fellas, what are some considerations when using these programs we've discussed today? Wilts? Uh, well, really, the big thing that comes to mind initially is you got to realize that once you introduce video into the equation, your bandwidth, the amount of data that you're going to consume on your device is going to go up. So, you know, uh, you know, for example, going on and, you know, using the MPB online app and listening to this show doesn't use too much of your data allowance every month. But if you have caps that you're worried about and you introduce video in there, you're going to definitely see that number go up exponentially. So, you know, if you do have data plans that have some limits on them or you're worrying about running into that, it's definitely a good idea to consider only using those kind of functions or primarily using those functions when you have access to a Wi-Fi connection that won't cost you. Oh, Jeremy, anything to add to that? Um, when I think about technology, I always have to think about being immersed by it and how we definitely need to have a buffer period from technology. Right. Um, for me, that's, that's the most important thing because I'm just surrounded by these things all day long. So when I go home, I, I don't want to fix the router, honey. I don't, I don't want to look at your computer, <laughs> you know. So definitely finding time away from these things and enjoying uh, life as it exists in front of us and, and not dialing in too much. That, that's a great point. Um, I know they have national unplug days or uh, I tried to do it with my ha- household where a certain time when we come home from school and work, we unplug. I put my phone down. She puts her phone down and we talk. We actually talk about school and work and we talk about 
like we used to do back in the day. My parents, we ate dinner together at the table. Of course, there were no cell phones then. But some people may argue the point that with each new technology, you know, system that comes right, comes up, it tears away the family. The uh, people don't talk anymore. I can walk through my house and it's like quiet as a mouse. My daughter's in her room and I'm in my room and we don't connect as much anymore because of technology. So it's good and bad. What do you guys think about that? Well, I mean, we have, you, you, you mentioned, kind of funny, you mentioned the dinner table. We kind of always had that rule at our table. Whenever we're in there at dinner, all of us, phones are put up. I mean, we're all connected, but you know, we, we've got to, to make sure we still get that, that interaction. I mean, I see way too many times, you know, kids can speak very well in text <laughs> and in email. And, but what they, but, you know, let's, let's go ahead and also think about another part of our job as parents, and that is we are preparing our kids to enter the business world and to get jobs and to be responsible. And, and along with that does come communication skills that don't involve instant messaging. So, exactly. Yeah, disconnecting and being able to carry on a conversation. Uh, and it's just as important. Another one that's always kind of been my pet peeve as well is the ability to write. <laughs> I'm not saying, you know, to the level of an English professor, but to be able to formulate a sentence without emoticons and, you know, to actually spell out the word you instead of the letter you and, you know, mm. teaching them these kind of things as well. I mean, technology is a great tool for what it's meant to be, but it's meant to be a tool. It's not meant to be a replacement for human interaction. You are correct. And, and we, like you, the guy called Frank called earlier, we still have to parent and that's the challenging, that's that balance to, you know, so your child won't be mad at you forever. But again, pick up a pen and paper, pick up a real book and read it. Uh, you know, put a sentence together. Can you write a paragraph? Those things are important, but Nowadays, the kids, they know how to text. They know how to take a part of iPhone and put it back together. But you ask them to conjugate a verb, and that, um, they don't know how to do that. <laughs> you're like, wait a minute, but you know everything everything it is to know about an iPhone. But, you know, science is just too much for you. That is, like I said, that's my world. That's my dilemma right now. How do you uh, find that fine balance between technology and, like you said, the real world? And technology is becoming the real world. I know you mentioned something about... um phone or tech etiquette. Now, tech etiquette is something that we see people don't use a lot. So what do you guys think about tech etiquette? Oh, that's my pet peeve. Oh. I definitely, whoo. I mean, you know, just the other night, I think I even put something on Facebook and tagged Jeremy in it that we needed to do another tech etiquette show because my wife and I were out to dinner and what's the people in the booth right next to us do? They're watching a video at full volume. Never mind the two people across the, across the seat from them. They could have been talking to you, but they're playing this thing at full volume. It's like, you know, I really don't want to hear your funny cat video. <laughs> exactly. I'll see it later. <laughs> and, yeah, just that think about people, you know, beside you, around you. Think about that if you're in the middle of a conversation and your phone beeps, you know what? You can wait. You know, we have this, this instant gratification culture, it seems like. And, you know, I mean, if anyone out there, I mean, me and Jeremy are both very, you know, we like technology. It's our profession. But... Don't forget there's people around you. Exactly. You have to carry on and, and communicate and and show a little bit of uh, consideration for those around you. And, and you know, when I hear something funny, uh, my daughter will call me or FaceTime me in the house. In the house. She's in her room, <laughs> and I get a phone call, and I see Jay Mack, and I'm like, why is my daughter calling me in the house? I hear a lot of parents say that um, it's convenient for some some things, you know, but that right there, 
get up, walk down the hall, and come give me a kiss and a hug. You know, I need a kiss. I don't want a good night, mommy, and a happy face or a kissy face. Right. I want a real, I want to feel you again. You know, sometimes I feel like taking the phone away, not for punishment, but just so we can connect again, <laughs> so we can learn how to talk yeah. and communicate again. My goodness. More, more fun than taking the phone away. Just take away the charger. Yeah. That'll get their attention. Really there you go. <laughs> Act like I can't find... You can't find your charger? <laughs> well, let's look under your bed. Let's let's look around. And for a whole week, we can't... I like that. Now, yeah. she's heard it. Look, someone's going to tell her we said it on the radio, and she's yeah, going to know what mommy is up to. I like that. Now, let me ask you something. You said typical videos are not censored. Uh, so we need to be aware of, aware of uh, regular videos, right? Yes, I mean, you know, there, there is language out there. The comments, the comments get really vicious, too. It's amazing. People get behind the keyboard and they kind of lose that, uh, that ability of, you know, you know, some things that don't need to really be said out loud. Well, folks are saying out loud on the Internet. You're right. You're right. Well, thank you, Wilt. Thank you, Jeremy. Again, both of you guys are off-site and doing your thing, but you just made time for Everyday Tech. We love you for that, and we thank you and great advice today. You've been listening to Everyday Tech. Thank you for joining us today. Now, our board operator was the wonderful Java Chapman, and on our, fo- our phone screen, it was Patrick Price. Now, if you missed the show or want to hear past episodes, you can listen on our website at mpbonline.org at slash everyday tech or subscribe to our podcast for Wilts Couture and Jeremy Thompson. I'm Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned for the original Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo at 11. This is Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio.